What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Brodude, and today I had on my buddy Rob Flom. You guys know him. He's been on the podcast a few times now. He's a Clippers blogger, good friend from Twitter, and we talked about a lot of things. Of course, we had to talk about Ben Simmons up top, but we didn't talk that much about him. We set a new record and only talked about it for about 20 minutes, so we're making progress here. Uh, ben speaks to the media today, so if anything crazy happens... I'll do an emergency episode, but assuming that everything is just kind of boring, um, I'm going to do a post-game rant episode with my buddy Mike Chiato after the uh, home opener uh, Pelicans game. Shout out to Mark Schindler, who's also been on this podcast for that idea. Love the idea. So we're going to start doing, occasionally for bigger games, we'll do these post-game rants where we either complain or praise or just talk about what happened in the game. Should be a lot of fun. And then, uh, yeah, we we talked about uh, the different award predictions for this year. We talked about most valuable player, most improved player, coach of the year, all those kinds of things. Me and Rob did. And it was a lot of fun. And then we talked about the Western Conference, predicted our standings for the end of the year, talked about our feelings about the teams in the West, and then predicted the finals. So I am an NBA podcast. Of course, I had to do something like this. Uh, we did the Eastern Conference like a week and a half ago, and since today is opening day, Nets, Bucks, Lakers, Warriors tonight, had to get something out there. Uh, appreciate you continuing to support the podcast. We're just growing and growing, baby, and uh, it's been great. Uh, if you want to join the Discord description, visit there. You can join the Discord. Come talk hoops with us. And uh, you can support the podcast by donating as well. Anything that you can donate, I really appreciate. Um, in the next week or two, I will be getting a new computer. Thanks to your donations, I, I got a good chunk of it paid for. And uh, we will be creating some some new shit all the time, baby. We're just, we're just going to keep riffing. It's been great. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Enjoy. We work to work, you late to work, I holla and they send it wow. You know my pride was colder than Chicago in December My bitch came up in ankle with her mama was her daddy And when I'm in the midway, she say holla at your family My dog paid me that cup, taste like candy My dog out laying the law, ain't breaking the laws, I serve not a rock Peace outside, still fucking in the car, still flipping in the car, still shooting at the car Still hot, I smoke What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro Dude, and today we have back on for the second time officially, the third time that he's been in any sort of capacity on this podcast. Uh, we have our friend Rob Flom, a.k.a. Rich Homie Flom, the managing editor of 213 Hoops. What's going on, Rob? Not much, man. How are you doing? <sighs> I mean... As we discussed before we got on air, I am I am just ready for this whole fucking thing to be over uh, with, the, with the Ben Simmons situation. And uh, I, once again, have to talk about it up top <laughs> uh, on the top of the podcast. Uh, th th there really isn't any new news that came out. Um, I I'm sure we all saw the clips. We all saw the pictures. Uh, there is a hostage situation going on in Camden right now. Ben, a, a multi-billionaire uh, professional athlete by the name of Benjamin David Simmons, is being held against his will in the Sixers facility. And uh, 
Yeah, the clips and videos of teammates uh, responding to... I don't know if you... Okay, so let, let's just start with the fact that, like, this whole thing is weird, obviously. The whole situation yeah. is incredibly strange. But the, the thing that really has stood out to me over the past two or three days since Ben got there, since people started talking to the media and all that stuff, is just how much disdain that his teammates seem to have for him right now, like on a level of Tobias Harris, like for example, yeah. the, you know, Tobias, the nicest fucking guy yeah. never says a bad word about anyone. He is, I'm sure he's in the same situation that I'm in. I'm sure he's in the same situation that every Sixers media person is in, but basically was kindly telling reporters to fuck themselves yesterday <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in the nicest way possible. And, and Danny green and Tyrese Maxey and these guys that are usually very, they're fine with the media. They're cool. Whatever that none of them clearly want to talk about it anymore. I don't blame them at all, but the situation has just gotten completely out of hand. I don't know if you have any sort of, thoughts or opinions on this situation but but for me right now it's just it is so surreal that this is actually happening my main thought is like i i saw somebody post about this today it might have even been you i don't even i don't even so many people talk about the men simmons thing it really is it's remarkable how badly clutch kind of screwed this up um the whole holdout thing was just an awful 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 idea it got them absolutely nowhere if anything it lost them ground and leverage um, like I, I get that like the team wanted to trade him. Like it's, it's not a good situation. Like I totally understand him wanting to leave. Like it makes all the sense in the world. The holdout just made no sense. And, uh, now I think they're, they're going for, uh, like a kind of a Jimmy Butler just caused so much unease that you're forced into a trade, which like, I don't, I don't know if Ben Simmons has that personality, which is part, right. part of why he is not Jimmy Butler. Cause I don't know <laughs> if he could actually do that. Um, so yeah, it's just a mess. It's just a mess. It's so interesting. Like I, from a, a, like the, the perspective of like the broader application of how will this, how will other players go about doing this going forward? Um, how will this particular situation resolve? Um, but I mean, on one hand, it's it's interesting. On the other hand, it's not that interesting because it doesn't seem like we're anywhere close to an actual resolution. I mean, I I don't. There's no reporting that a trade is anywhere in the near sight. So right now, it just seems like this is going to keep going on, and there will be videos about other teammates looking at Ben, just being like, "What is this guy even doing?" And then him looking really sad, and Doc giving like bullshit quotes, and it'll just keep going like this for months until he's actually traded. So. Right. And, and and the thing you bring up about the Jimmy situation is funny because it's like Jimmy obviously is a very unique personality. He kind yeah. of wears his heart in his sleeve, kind of says it like it is, like he doesn't hold anything back. He's never been known to do that. He's also very theatrical, like like yes. coming into practice and being like, get the third stringers. We're kicking Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins ass in a fucking scrimmage like Ben's not going to do that. Ben's going to nope. do closer to what James Harden did, which is, yes. like you said, like pouting and like, you know, all these like vague disses and like things like the the clip of him. Uh, he has the phone in his pocket at practice. <laughs> like he has his like he clearly doesn't give a shit, doesn't want to be there, but is being forced due to contractual obligations to be there with the team. And I don't know if you caught this, but Mark Stein, who 
has not always had the best of luck with Sixers reporting. He was basically the person who reported that we got James Harden and we didn't. Mm. He basically said we were going to get Kyle Lowry and we didn't. Now, some of those things were like, like the door, like the deal was at the front door. Like they were about to fucking finalize these deals and they didn't go through. But he basically tweeted what everyone was tweeting about, which was the fact that Ben had his phone in his pocket. And then it was obviously some sort of electronic device. I don't know if it was exactly a phone. It probably was. And then uh, within 30 minutes had to tweet like, oh, sorry, this is actually his practice jersey. Uh, and he yep. like bundled it up and put it in his pocket. So like th- clearly I think that uh, Clutch is, is going on behind the scenes and, and saying, hey, please don't say these things about Ben. Uh, we don't want it to look any worse. I, I mean, it might have been from the Sixers side, but I think at this at this point, the Sixers probably are more just like of the of the perspective of like the he's on our team now. Like this is what we have to do. There are no deals out there. And that was kind of the like further like that was furthered today by the fact that the one of the trade targets for Ben mm-hmm. that was out there was Malcolm Brogdon. And Malcolm Brogdon was someone that the Sixers were not interested in. <laughs> for good reason. <laughs> so what wh- what is your opinion on that situation? Because I was I was intrigued by the idea of some sort of Malcolm Brogdon, Karis Levert, and pick situation. And then Malcolm Brogdon got hurt for the 75th time in his career. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like a theoretically good package. I mean, I don't I don't know why the Pacers do that. I mean, because then you have a Ben Simmons, Miles Turner, DeBonta, Sabonis right. big three, which is just an atrocious, atrocious fit. Like, I guess you could then flip one of Turner or Sabonis. But then, you know, my proposed trade, which I ran on Twitter, I think last week, was a three-team deal with Charlotte and Indiana where Sabonis or Turner goes to the Hornets, who desperately need a center. They send Gordon Hayward and some other stuff to Philly. And Simmons goes to... Indiana and Brogdon stays there because they need his shooting and creation around Ben Simmons because we've seen in Philadelphia that you cannot have him as your primary ball handler. That's the whole issue. Um, So trading away Brogdon and, and and Levert doesn't make any sense. So... I don't really get it. I never got that from their perspective. And then apparently for- that was that was the rumored deal that once again, by the way, keep in mind the reporting is from Mark Stein. He has yeah. been he's been good about certain things in the past, but the Sixers stuff has been obviously there's been it's a mixed bag. And you have to keep that in mind, but at the same time, like the Sixers didn't even entertain any deals regarding that. Like they didn't even like get to the point where they like denied that like they didn't even pick up the phone when when they thought when they knew this was the offer. Well, I I think that also makes sense from their perspective and I think you hit on the main reason which is health. Like Levert yes. and Brogdon are not healthy players. I Karis Levert went to Michigan. I'm a Michigan guy as anybody who follows me on Twitter knows. Um he has never been healthy going back to college. Just always always injured including some very serious stuff which like again I I hope he's healthy. I hope he's able to stay healthy. But it just does not look good from the vantage point of him being a healthy guy. And Brockton is always nicked up. And then just from a sheer talent perspective, like neither of them is close to Ben Simmons. It is like a two quarters for a dollar type thing. Like maybe right. you can say like a 50 cent piece or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But neither of them are all star level players are really even that close. I don't think I mean, Levert, I, I love the guy. He's definitely really overrated. He is a Hooper's 
uh, Hooper uh, Hooper guy. Um, he looks the Hooper's dream. He is, uh, and he's a lot of fun, and he's good. Yeah. But um, he looks like a star, and he's not. Right. And like, it wouldn't be the worst package in the world. Like, I think like if they both those guys stay healthy, it, it could be a decent one. But um, I yeah, I, I just don't see Daryl Morey pulling any kind of trade resembling like that. And I just, I don't really get it from the Pacers perspective either. Like they get the best player, but then they have an awful fit, which means they need to make other big trades. Right. Um. So yeah, that, that one never made a ton of sense to me. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was at, where I was like, why would Indiana do this? And now that Brogdon has actually finalized the extension, we know that it's at least off the table until next off season. Yeah. I, I don't think that this is some, I, I've been saying, if one of these B, C type deals is really being offered, that it's going to continue to be on the table pretty much in perpetuity. Now, yes. it can't be done this season, but if let's just say things get to next season and Ben's still on the team, because at this point, I think that's kind of the reality that the Sixers have to live with. So funny. Because- which is insane. Like I, I said on the podcast the day after, or maybe the day of, I was like, Ben's gone. Like after game seven, I was like, yep. this is it. And then like in the next week we learned, yeah, okay, he's probably gone. They're fielding offers, whatever. And now we're here and it's like, they're off the table. And Maury has said time and time again, he doesn't want to give up Ben for anything other than a player that is better than Ben. If you look at the history of his trades, you know very well the Chris Paul trade is a perfect example. Trading Lou Williams, Pat Beverly, Montrez Harrell, a bunch of good players that are not nearly as good as Chris Paul. He always wants to be on the other side of that three quarters for a dollar type trade that you say. And now we're at the point where Indiana's out of the picture Cleveland didn't extend Colin Sexton, which I don't think that there's any sort of deal built around that. I think if there was any of these deals, if any of these deals that have been hypothesized by us and by the media and all this shit, they would have been done by now if Maury really wanted it to be done. So now we're at a point where unless in the next, before the trade deadline, unless Damian Lillard or Bradley Beal ass out, Ben Simmons will be a sixer for the rest of this year. <laughs> That's what the reality is, right? I'm so excited. I'm going to watch every Sixers game. <laughs> I, 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 I'm just so interested to see what happens next. Like at some point, do like they come to a John wall with the Rockets thing where like they mutually agree. You're just not going to play. It's like a mutual thing. Like there's too Anthony much. Distraction. Davis, yeah. Yeah. Like we're just not going to play you and we're going to figure this out next summer. Um, but on one hand, like, are the offers really going to get better next summer? You just never know in the NBA. Things can change on so many different teams um, and stuff can get shaken up. Really, my last thought on the Simmons, the team that I will continue to keep an eye on is the Raptors. I think um, if, you know, maybe OG Ananobi takes a step, maybe they find Pascal Siakam is expendable. Um, if Or if Scotty Barnes just comes in and has an amazing rookie year, maybe OG Ananobi becomes, you know, expendable. Um, I, I don't know if either of those guys really does it for more either, but I think they're both a step up from probably the Pacers guys and certainly like D'Angelo Russell, um, which right. is just like a laughable um, <laughs> proposal, even though like he would be a really good theoretical fit um, offensively. Sure. But I mean, just in terms of talent is just so far below. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I, there just really aren't any fits. And like, there are zero indications that Lillard is going to ask out of Portland. I think Beal leaving Washington, if they're really not good, is like possible. But again, there are no indications he wants to leave Washington. They're going to pay him a ton of money. Right. He's going to be the face of the franchise. He's going to break all of their franchise records and make just an ungodly amount of money for being like the 17th best player in the NBA <laughs> with no expectations. Like I would want to stay right? there. Like, no, I totally understand that. I, yeah. I get it from his – and I, I just think like the, the, the from reading the tea leaves with that situation, if he ever does ask out, it seems like it's probably a situation where he's already gotten paid. He yep. wants to go play with his friend Jason Tatum or he wants to go to – he has a spot in mind and the majority of, of players in the NBAs are not like, I'm dying to go play in Philadelphia. Like, <laughs> uh, they're just not. Like, that is what the reality of the situation is. And if you you if you if are the Sixers, you need to hope to be on one of their lists and you need to hope to be able to, you know, leverage Ben Simmons either – getting a third team involved, sending out more than just Ben Simmons. Because at this point, the Sixers have kind of, I, I feel like they're looking at this year as kind of a way to, if the Ben situation sours, and like you said, like they're either sitting him out or he's not playing as much or whatever the situation is, maybe Ben is just fucking like throwing a hissy fit and not playing nearly as well and creating his trade value and stuff. They're kind of looking at this year maybe as an opportunity to get some of the younger guys, Tyrese Maxey, yeah. Isaiah Joe, some run and maybe put their talents on display so that if a big trade were to come down the road, then you could be like, okay, not only do we have Ben Simmons and his contract and the fact that he's a three-time All-Star, we also have a potential guy who could be a guy in Maxi. We have someone in Isaiah Joe who's a three and D wing. Like I know you like Isaiah Joe a lot yeah. and have have for quite some time. Like like I think that they will look at this year as a way to kind of advertise their young talent because if, the, if we don't get a 100% version of Ben Simmons and we don't get development from all of our young guys at the same time, which, by the way, is kind of hard to balance anyway because Ben kind of blocks minutes for guys too. Oh, yeah. Is there's no way that we're going to be able to even come close to getting into the category of the Brooklyn Nets unless they're not healthy or of the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm -hmm. So they might look at it as let's keep the and, – and this is something that like – and I, this is an absurd thing that people were just joking about. They weren't being serious. But, like, the, I, I saw people joking, like, oh, trade Tobias for Kyrie. And then <laughs> and then you get Kyrie and then you get off the Tobias contract. And I'm like, but you're still – if if the Nets option is to not have Kyrie Irving and just have no one, and then they just get a top 50 player in Tobias Harris who actually would be – Pretty fucking good playing as a third banana in Brooklyn. I don't yeah. know why you're helping Brooklyn get better in the process. Yes, he's overpaid, but he's still a very good player, and he would be ideal as a third offensive option mm -hmm. in a situation like that. And then, obviously, no one was was seriously considering this. But it was just funny. It, like On paper, I would love Kyrie to play in Philadelphia. I would love Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving to play together for fucking 40 games before it all falls apart, either due to injury <laughs> or Kyrie going on another vision quest or some sort of situation. But the, the reality that the Sixers are looking at right now and like, I I've seen people say like, like they really think that like it could get to the point where we could see a Ben Simmons for Kyrie Irving trade. And I just, if, if the Sixers aren't interested right now, 
they're not going to be interested in a few months because if Daryl Morey is turning down a superstar player or whatever you call Kyrie, maybe a high high end all star player, yeah, uh, yeah, it's really bad because he that's all he gives a fuck about. <laughs> yeah, I just I the, the Kyrie situation is is impossible to to detangle. I mean, it's like, will he play anywhere else? Will he ever get the vaccine? Um, you know, his health has always been an issue, even outside of that. I mean, I think Ben next to Harden and and Durant could actually be really interesting from the that Nets was another thing. Yeah, that was obviously because like, people said Ben too, and I'm like, that actually would make them really fucking good. Like either yeah. one of those guys are good versus not having Kyrie, and then you just get to plug in either Ben Simmons or Tobias Harris. Like that's going to make the Nets pretty fucking good, and, yeah. and they already are really fucking good. Yeah, I I, just, I don't think. Uh, and I don't think the Nets are ready to trade Kyrie either. Um, though we'll just see we'll see how that goes. But yeah, I mean, I, I that's a trade that is two bananas. It's one of those things that's two bananas to actually happen, and then it does happen, and everybody's brain is just broken. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Kyrie for Ben, I I just I just don't think I can get there, and I don't think the Sixers are really looking to dump Tobias unless. Like a mate for somebody like Kyrie, sure, but I mean, they're, I don't yeah. think they're moving off his contract just to move off his contract, um, because then you're losing right now your second best player, um, and it you know, well, Joel Embiid is in his prime, and then right, it's bad. So that that was yeah. the kind of the thing I was saying was like, I think that people underestimate as as flawed as Tobias is, and as as overpaid as as he yeah. is, like. If you don't have – if you have a situation where Ben Simmons could potentially not be playing for the Sixers but still be on the team, then you lose your second-best player in Tobias Harris. Then it's like Joel Embiid and Danny Green, Seth Curry, and a ton of young guys. You're not going to be nearly as competitive. Even if you're still losing in the second round, you have to remain competitive because everyone's yeah. like, well, Joel just signed the extension, and I'm like – Damian Lillard just signed the extension <laughs> and we're talking about him every fucking week about getting traded. So I don't think that there is a realist. Like I think that any sort of way that you're moving your second or third best player and not clearly getting an upgrade. Yes, of course, Kyrie Irving's an upgrade over Tobias Harris and an upgrade over Ben Simmons yep. on the court. If they can actually stay on the court, <laughs> but at the same time, you need to remain competitive because Joel can ask out at any moment just because he signed the extension doesn't mean anything. And he knows that his health is fleeting and that you need to show that you care and you can compete. And honestly, as much I, I was doomer about the Sixers for a, a good chunk of the offseason, I was doomer about the Sixers going into the preseason, the first preseason game, this last few preseason games, like, the six, like Daryl Morey has done an amazing job building a bench for the Sixers mm -hmm. in a way like two years ago, our best bench player was Alec Burks <laughs> and we got him halfway through the season. And other than that, we had no replacement level bench players. And now we have like six, like a, if, if you count Maxie and Joe in there, Drummond is an upgrade over Dwight. He's as yes. much as I hated that signing at first. He has just looked fucking awesome in preseason. You got Cork Moss is taking a step. Thibel's taking steps. Like they, they now even Niang. Like Niang will do his job. He's he'll fine. hit threes. Yeah, he's yeah, fine. Like they have above replacement level players for the first eleven players in their rotation. Which, as you know. 
with Doc and his all bench lineups is incredibly <laughs> crucial to have. And I have to credit Daryl Morey for, you know, he hasn't been able to swing the superstar trade, but he has done a great job of building actual depth. And that's important on a team that's coached by Doc Harris and it, or Doc Harris, uh, Doc Rivers. And it's important uh, on a team that has Joel and beat because Joel's out for 30 games a year. Two final things on the Sixers. One, the way you said three-time All-Star with Ben Simmons made me think of seven-time All-Star Joe Johnson. It was in like the same <laughs> exact cadence. And, uh, and two... Well, Andre Drummond's also a two-time All-Star, oh, by God. the way. Oh, God. Uh, and then, is Mike Scott still on the Sixers? No, we we, we let him go. He's not, he's not currently on a team. Oh, he's uh, not going to be on a team. Yeah, he's... No, he's no. I, I think this was intentional by Daryl Morey. I think that... I yeah. think Niang was thought of to be the basically the better version of what Mike Scott did last year. Yeah. And then Drummond, Drummond will be essentially the better version of what Dwight did for us last year. Because Dwight was, although he had some really great games, was pretty much a disaster on the whole. <laughs> yeah, he's not he's not good anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as much shit as I give Drummond, he, he's fine. He's fine. And if he's your backup center, you're fine. Yeah. You're, he's, he's playing fine. 15, 20 minutes a game. He's going to, and then fill in starter here and there. Like he'll be fine. So we're going to stop talking about the Sixers because uh, it's a, it's just too much. It's too much for me to deal with. <laughs> and I need to, I need to cope by talking about some other things. Now we're, we're going to go down and give our predictions for the awards mm-hmm. that will happen this year. Now I came up with, two two categories for this essentially so i have my realistic pick for the award and then i have my dark horse slash long shot that i don't really think will happen but it i would like to either see it happen or it would be like it it wouldn't shock me to the point where it's like completely unbelievable so let's start up top with mvp i mean as we said before we, we talked about this before we're kind of just riffing here. Like, you know, yeah. I, my, my thoughts will change on this. Last year after the bubble, I said Jokic was going to win MVP. I, I think I did all, as well, actually. I texted all my friends, but by the time the regular season came around, I changed my pick to Luka Doncic. Hmm. I was buying the hype train, and then I was wrong on every single prediction last year. So I would like to hear who will be your MVP this season, and uh, why is it Joel Embiid? <laughs> if I could get 82 games of Joel Embiid, I think it very well could be Joel Embiid. Absolutely. I, it just doesn't seem like it will ever happen. And I think it's probably for the best for him long term that it doesn't. Um, I, I just I don't know. I will say. I think Steph wins it. I don't know if he'll deserve it. But mm-hmm. I think he'll win it. The Warriors hype is already insane in the national media. It is driving me bananas. <laughs> and I mean, Steph is unbelievable. I love Amazing. Steph. I mean, he was, he was, I think he finished number two on my folk fake bout last year, maybe three behind Embiid. I'm not sure. He was unbelievable. Um, he could he's gonna be unbelievable this year, too, probably. I think there'll be guys who will be better. But if the Warriors are even like a four seed, he is absolutely winning MVP. Um, so that's my pick for who I think wins it in terms of like a dark horse candidate. Uh, this will irritate all Sixers fans. Uh, if the Celtics are a three or four seed, I think Jason Tatum could win it. 
Um, I, I have him written down here. He was not my long shot choice. I said on the last episode, and I knew this was going to piss people off, or maybe it was two or three episodes ago, that I was like, this could be the year that Tatum makes the leap to top 10 player. And if he yeah. makes the leap to top 10 player and the Celtics exceed expectations, my only thing with Tatum is that do you think – and this is, this is I guess, less important than the past few MVPs because – I don't think Giannis had crazy name recognition when he won. Yeah. I don't think Jokic did. But, like, traditionally speaking, do you think that Jason Tatum has the name recognition to win MVP in his age 24 season or whatever? Kind. I mean, he's, like, been on Team USA. He's, like... True. He's, like, close. I don't know. He's, like, he's fringe. Um, yeah. I, I don't think he has the backing of the media like most of the top tier guys do like he just doesn't have the Steph or LeBron bump where those guys are just going to be in the MVP conversation literally until they retire um, right. because that the, the media will just put them in there um but I, I think he probably has enough backing to get in there I don't think he'll win to be clear but like I think like a top five finish is certainly in the cards um if the Celtics yeah. succeed expectations he's like a he's like a pretty big name he's like a second tier guy I'd say um I think the, like the team USA stuff and like the fact that he went to Duke and he was a top high school prospect, like that stuff also always sticks with guys. Like those top high he was school also, guys. Yeah. And like, he was also one of the best players on an Eastern Conference Finals team right. already. Like if yeah. not the two years ago, he was probably the best. He was the best player on that uh, team in the bubble when they, they went up against the Heat. So so I, I, have, I have my pick, <laughs> which is – Giannis Antetokounmpo. I just think yep. that I, from a narrative perspective, I think that Giannis, it's going to be very much like, ah, maybe he should have been in the conversation last year. You should have been. <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I yeah. think he was a top, easily a top five player last year. Like, I mean, like Giannis is amazing. He really, and if you want to talk about from like a name recognition standpoint, like really took his legacy to another level. Yep. Now, like just, going off in the Eastern Conference Finals in the finals and, and and winning the title, obviously. I think that that is the most logical pick. I think that he is right now the best player in the NBA. I, think I would agree. That, and I think that uh, from a legacy standpoint, to, for him to get three MVPs in four years, like I, it just makes sense to me. It's the logical choice because of that. Now, I don't know if they're going to win the finals or even win the East, but – I do think that it just makes a lot of sense that Giannis would win. The Steph thing, I actually had written down in my notes for another uh, choice that I had on, on this list that we'll talk about next. The Warriors, I call it the Warriors media industrial complex, which is literally <laughs> like, oh my God. Like, like, and, and by the way, not a Steph hater by any means. Steph is absolutely incredible. I'm totally with you on that. Yeah. I thought that... He was easily in the top two or three for MVP last year. Mm -hmm. I think what he's been able to do with like very bad teams over the past few years has been impressive. Um, I think that the numbers when he's on the court, especially without James Wiseman last year, I think Ben Taylor from Thinking Basketball said they were on like a 60 win pace uh, following they James Wiseman going out. Yeah, I think him, Draymond and Looney together were like plus like a million in there. And like, yeah, as as great of a defender as Draymond is, like, offensively not nearly as effective. And now you have someone who I'm going to bring up later, which is I I hate when they force when the Warriors media industrial complex forces guys down your throat. They did it with like Jordan Bell a few years ago. If, James if you Wiseman last year. 
James Wiseman last year. And it's like, I'm starting to see the same thing. I understand the Jonathan Kaminga thing because he's another guy that just like <laughs> looks like a star. Like he just like looks like he should be really good. Uh, but he's also incredibly young, has not really played basketball for that long. But they're, they they were going to try to do it with him. But Jordan Poole has just like completely blown by their other young guys. And you're a Michigan guy. You're very familiar with Jordan Poole. Like I think he – Swaggy he, P. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know that was his nickname. No, I just it's, called that. Okay. <laughs> it's just that you're just stealing Nick Young's nickname. Yeah, six, he's better. Six, yeah. <laughs> Cooler. Yeah, no. No, he is. And that's the thing is like I think that – until Clay gets back, he'll kind of be that guy that can hold you over until Clay gets back. Once yeah. Clay gets back, even if Clay's 50% of Clay, that's still a fine, good player. Yeah. Way better than anyone else they have on the team. I like the veteran the minimums picked up. Like I think the Warriors are going to be better this year. And I can yeah. see Steph winning it just due to the narrative stuff. And also just Steph Curry's like another guy. Top clearly yeah. a top three, top five player. Like he's incredible. One of the 15 best basketball players of all time. So that definitely could be my my tier of like I, I was like contemplating on. I went bigger. I went like I feel like an even further long shot than this because <laughs> I have my tier of guys that I was tempted to take. But I feel yeah. like other podcasts and media people are also going to do this. So my tier of that was Mitchell, Booker, mm -hmm. Trey and Tatum, which are guys who are destined to continue to get better, rise up the charts. Their yep. teams are really good. If any of their teams are a top two or three seed, I can easily see it. And they, most of these teams probably will be a top two or three seed. So we'll, we'll definitely see with that. But my real long shot is Zach Levine. Okay. And my thing with Zach Levine is I think him kind of bursting onto the scene last year. The, the reason why it's a long shot is because the Bulls just might not be that good. Like they, they have a – I think they have a floor of like a play-in team, but their mm -hmm. ceiling, like if a few things break their way, if the Nets have injuries, if the Sixers have injuries, one of those teams could have the bottom fall out. And then you could be looking at the Bulls potentially sneaking up into that top four seed. And mostly I think it's because they're going to try really hard every single night. If you watch them in the preseason, other than the Raptors, I don't think I saw a single team try as hard. Like they – all those guys have something to prove this year. Yeah. Like I, I feel like DeRozan has has – the fact that he he can still be uh, a good player on a winning team. I think you have Lonzo trying to get move up a, a tier. And then Levine, now his role has been simplified to the point where he can focus on literally just getting buckets. And like if you told me that Zach Levine could efficiently score close to 30 points a game this year, I wouldn't be totally shocked. And I think that because he might have the stats and the cachet because of that, and then the surprise factor, I could see him at least being in the conversation at yeah. some point in the season. Like, I don't think he's going to win, but I think that he has the marketability standpoint because he's mm -hmm. a bucket getter. Hooper. I think he's, yeah, he's a hooper. He And, and like also genuinely. Yeah, highlights, yeah. insane shooter. Like, I mean, he's he's one of those guys. Like, I remember there was a game I watched last year where he scored, like, nine points in 30 seconds off of just, like, insane pull-up threes. Mm -hmm. One of the best shooters in the league, incredibly athletic. Like, I could see that, but I still view it as a long shot. Yeah, I think the Bulls won't be good enough. I just don't think he's quite good enough. I think it's the same with, like, Mitchell and Booker. Like, they're all really good. They're all, like, all-star, yeah. maybe, like, fringe all NBA, but like they're not like top 10 or probably even like top 15. Like I, I think you could maybe argue Levine is like a fringe top 15 guy. 
Um, I think they're all top 25. Yeah, yeah, but they're, they're not, they were nowhere near like Embiid, Jokic, Giannis, Curry, just not close to the, those level of guys. Like, I don't think even, even though I'm like an AD skeptic, like they're not even at like 80s level. True. Um, so like, I think that's the big issue for them is like the narrative is there and like the numbers will probably be pretty good, but I, I just don't think they're quite good enough. But like a Levine top five finish this is certainly possible if the Bulls are really good. Uh, he's yeah. He's very, very good. Yeah, and he works hard and gets better every single season. Like, I could see him coming back and being at least, like, a neutral or, like, slightly positive defender. And, like, I could see just, like, him taking an even better – another step as a playmaker and, like, not turning the ball over nearly as much. Like, we'll see. But uh, I think that those are the guys that – and then, obviously, Jokic, Luka, like, they'll all be in the conversation. Mm -hmm. LeBron will just be because, once again, they – yeah, of course. Like, the the LeBron media also has its own industrial complex. He's one within itself. But – and also, the Lakers combined with that is just too too powerful for our brains. It's it's I can't imagine what it's like being a Clippers fan. I would I would absolutely fucking hate it. Um, all right, so let's move on to most improved player. Now, I I listen to a lot of podcasts. I see a lot of people on Twitter. The two guys that be keep being brought up for this the most are the obvious one is OJ Adenobi. Like, I mean, he's someone that you mentioned earlier. Like, I think he's going to have an opportunity to be a more of a self-creator this year. Kyle Lowry's gone. They're going to need more out of him on the offensive end. Once again, another guy who just like kind of looks like a star, like he's already a a high level, really good role player, three and D guy. I just don't think that like most improved over the past few years. I I guess that's not necessarily true because Brandon Ingram did win it two years ago, but I, I just feel like, the majority of the time, like Julius Randle, they were the four seed or the five seed last year. Uh, the Nets, when D'Angelo Russell won it, they were the four seed or the five seed. Like, I don't see the Raptors. Like, I don't – I think the Raptors are a play-in team. Like, I don't even yeah, – like, I maybe agree. on the fringe of that. And, like, I just don't see Toronto being big enough of a market. Like, it's not Brooklyn, like, when D'Angelo Russell won. And it's not it's not the Knicks, like, when, uh, when Randall won last year. Like, I just don't see – like, I think OG's a very good player. I just think that the Raptors hype train on Twitter has kind of fueled this movement – and I feel as though OG could be maybe make an all-star team eventually mm-hmm. and like make a like two or three in his career. I just don't see this like superstar upside that a lot of people seem to think that he has. Um, but maybe I'm wrong and maybe he will prove to be. I don't I don't know what, what you think about him, but I I like him. I, I think just with him, I don't I, even though he'll get more ball handling opportunities, I don't think the jump in raw numbers will be enough for a lot of more casual voters. And right. I, yeah, I think he was already just so good that like I, I I agree I don't necessarily see a superstar leap. So even if he improves from very good to maybe like fringe all star, I, I don't know if that leap will be big enough. So uh, he could win. Like it's certainly you know in like the top like fifteen guys who might be able to win, but he would certainly not be my number one. I don't know if he'd even be in my top five of, of guys who I think will win. Oh wow! The other the other guy that I keep seeing is Michael Porter Jr. I also like, don't get that one because he already put up huge numbers last year, um, right? And that was yeah. like people say an SGA. I'm like, what is this guy going to average? Thirty five points a game? Like he? <laughs> I, I know you. I know you're the number one SGA guy, but like yeah. the MPJ SGA. Like I just don't see, as you said, the statistical leap that these guys need to take yeah. needs to be pretty significant, and they also. 
generally speaking, should be in winning situations, and I don't really see that. I see that for MPJ, but I think a lot of that will come off the back of Jokic's production. I think that he might take a step, but like Helso is a question mark with him. The stat jump will be a tough ask for him. My choice for this actually because of that is is actually Jordan Poole. I think and he probably it, will win, yeah. Yeah. Because of the Warriors media complex, as we've said, they'll, they'll they will manufacture consent even if he is not, um, <laughs> even if he is not quite on that level. But I think he's looked awesome in preseason. He was one of the best players this preseason. I think the shooting is real. He'll he puts up so many fucking threes. As Ben Taylor pointed out, I think he put up thirteen per thirty six in the preseason. Yeah, and like seems- if. If he's just like he could be a eighteen to twenty point per game guy, even as a six man, if he's not starting. And last year he averaged like eleven, I think. So yeah. I think he would be my choice for who will win. Um, yes. My unset, my dark horse choice would be Terrence Mann. It might be. A I have him. Pick. No, yeah. I have him. Yeah, I think he's he. If you're just talking about sheer numbers, I think his numbers are going to go up by like a large margin. He did get national recognition because of the performance against the Jazz. He's in a big market. The Clippers should probably be, you know, decent. I don't know how good they'll be. I'm a little more pessimistic on them than most people, I think. But um, yeah. Oh, like that's I, a shocker. You're pessimistic on the Clippers? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I think he'll, his numbers will go up by a lot. He'll have that big jump. He has a big jump in recognition. Um, if the Clippers are like pretty good this year, he'll get a lot of the credit. And yeah, like I think he is he's I guess he's not really that much of a dark horse, but like I, I don't see him getting mentioned that much. And I think he's he's a good bet to win this. Yeah, I agree. And I also think he's now going into his third year. A yeah. lot of these guys end up being yeah. like that's why I like Jordan Poole for this. That's why I, I have Terrence Mann as my long shot. But I do I could see a world based on everything that you said, because his stats were not anything last year. He averaged like no. nine points a game, I think Seven. like. Yeah, I think seven points a game. Yeah, and he scored 30, 39 or something against yeah. the Sixers uh, and the Jazz in the playoffs. He, he just absolutely destroyed um, at, at certain moments. I could see because they need him to take that next step, like they, that they're they going to rely a lot on him. Also, he's older. He's like, he just turned 25 today, I think. Yeah. So yeah. Ha- happy birthday, Terrence, man. Um, and if you're listening, of course, I know that you listen to all of Rob's podcasts. You, you support Definitely. him. Um, and I think that like, I, I definitely, th- also he, uh, he pool and, and man have the cool factor as you brought yes. up. Yes. A lot of these th- like third year guys, fourth year guys, cool factor. Like, do they get buckets? Are they like a spark plug guy? Are mm-hmm. they coming off the bench and just giving you insane or are they starting from the jump? Are they playing off of stars? Well, like. I could see those two easily. My other guy that I just added the conversation just because I feel like from a media narrative and like how much the Lakers fans just want this guy to be a star is Taylor Horton Tucker. Oh, my God. And and I actually do think Taylor Horton Tucker is going to be a pretty good player. I agree. I I don't think – I don't see him as like like a fucking superstar or whatever. But like once again, like very – he's in a – fantastic situation he there's 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 even been rumors that he's he might start which i don't know if he brings quite enough shooting to start with anthony davis and lebron james oh that's a good start so there we go (laughs) um but like once again third year player uh he gets he will probably get buckets he's a scrappy defender like i could see him 
getting into the conversation just based on the fact that, like, I think that unlike K- Kyle Kuzma, like, there is something there with Taylor and Horton Tucker where the, the consent is being manufactured, but it's a little bit more believable this time as opposed to with Kuzma. I was just like, I just never saw it with that guy. Carl Kuzma. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I, right. I, I like THT a lot. I wanted the Clippers to draft him actually two years ago. Um, instead they drafted uh Fiondu, Kevin Gale, uh, my guy. Oh, great pick. Legendary Absolutely Clippers great pick. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think THT, I don't think this will be his year, um, just because of the injury. And I think they have so many, they have so many guards and like, they're, they're just a mess. Um, I think he will win some award at some point just because Lakers. I mean, you could pencil down any Laker for any award, and it's possible. Like LeBron or Anthony Davis for Defensive Player of the Year, sure. Malik Monk for Sixth Man of the Year, sure. Why not? Uh, Frank Vogel. Mellow for, for Most Improved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mello for Comeback Player of the Year. Uh, Frank Vogel for Coach of the Year. Like any of these are, are perfectly plausible. Um, yeah. Because the media train will be there. People will watch all these voters will watch 30 or 40 Lakers games and they will watch a single like Hornets game all year. And, uh, you know, that will, that will be that. Um, I think, uh, yeah. other, uh, just two random most improved guys. I think they're probably already too good would be miles bridges and PJ Washington are guys who I think could win it maybe if they, if they really take leaps, but oh. I could see that for sure. Uh, I know miles bridges is injured right now. I think I don't, yeah. he, he, did not get his contract extended in case you're hoping that the Sixers trade for him, by the way. I'm just throwing that out there. The Ben Simmons trade. No, but um, I could definitely see that. Working off of LaMelo, like, I just think that... And also, they kind of need to step up. Like, the, the Hornets took a little bit of a step back from, like... Yeah, like I they don't got love rid their of, team. Yeah, I, but they, they also got rid of some of their more on-ball guys, like Devontae Graham. And I think that was clearly to benefit the younger guys that will need to take that next step. And Miles Bridges is definitely one of them. I mean, him I was looking at him and Michael Bridges like finishing numbers and their three point shooting. And I was like, damn, I, I they're they're both gonna be really good. I know Miles Bridges is still I think he's still only like twenty two. So so I could definitely see him taking a next step. Uh yeah, but once young. Once again, being in that market is not going to do them any nope. any favors. But having Lamelo there will definitely get them more national attention. And, and Bridges and might, is the highlights guy because of his dunks. yes, yeah. And they always go viral because that guy screams like he just had an orgasm. The Hornets announcer, yep, Eric Collins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he just he's going to go absolutely off. So him, <laughs> Terry, you know, Terry. Yeah. So you, you, you'll, you'll hear that all over the place this year, regardless of whether you want to hear it or not. All right, so. We're going to move on to uh, the rookie of the year category. This is the one I had the hardest with because normally when I look for rookie of the year, I'm like, like last year to me, LaMelo was not a no brainer. I thought he was going to be pretty good. I didn't think he was going to step in and be as good as he was, but like John Morant, like, like there are these guys that are going to decent teams and they're very good players already that it it kind of became, I don't even want to say predictable, but it was like, they weren't huge shocks when Luka Doncic won rookie of the year. Like, but over the past four or five years, the narrative has kind of shifted from like these bucket getter guys, these guys that that put up the empty stats and then like flame out or just in great situations. I mean, fucking Michael Carter Williams. Like we, we literally, (laughs) we literally were just like, go fucking put up, put up your fucking stats that mean nothing. And 
will lose a ton of games and, you know, then you'll win rookie of the year. That doesn't really happen anymore. Like it really hasn't happened in like five or six years. So this year I had a hard time picking because I just look at the top five that drafted and I feel like all of those teams, except for maybe Toronto are going to be bad. And I'm like, if that is the case, then none of the top five picks, except for maybe Scotty Barnes are going to be good enough to win rookie of the year? Like, I don't know. I'm confused on this one. So who did you pick? In terms of who's likely, I mean, I, I think it's, it'll be Jalen Green or Kate Cunningham. I think it's yeah. it's really going to be one of the, their numbers are going to be massive. Um, I think they're both excellent prospects. Like, I'm not knocking either of them, especially Cade. Um, I think they're going to put up huge numbers. Both their teams are going to be terrible, but they're expected to be terrible. Uh, Scotty Barnes, I just don't know if his role will be big enough. Um Suggs, I don't know how big his numbers will be. Evan Mobley, I think, might be the best or most impactful rookie, but I don't think his numbers will be as eye-popping. He won't play as many minutes. He won't score as much. Um, you know, his highlights will largely be on defense. Um, so if I had to pick one, I would say Cade Cunningham, I, I think, um, just because I he's just going to do so much for the Pistons. Um, in terms of, like, a, a real long shot, you know what? I'll say Chris Duarte um, okay. of the Pacers. Just because if you're looking at a, a team that will probably be okay, I'm I'm notably not high on the Pacers, but like they'll probably be fine. Uh, he is old as shit as, as <laughs> yeah. people have been making fun of him forever. He should be saying he's he, yeah, he's, he's entering his right po- away. He's entering his post prime right now, so I would <laughs> yeah. hope that he's good. <laughs> yeah, like he's already he's like a veteran already. He's yeah, like twenty four. Yeah. And yeah, like, you know, he's I think he'll have a pretty sizable role. He's a scorer. Um, he has some highlights. I think he, it's it's a it's a long shot. But like, I think he could win. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you're saying who will, it's I think it's going to be Green or Cunningham. I think those will be one, too. I think they're going to have the most highlights. I think they're going to have the stats. I think that they're going to have. And, and by the way, I, I think that they're both going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be awesome. But like. The, the Jalen Green thing is really funny to me. The chip on the shoulder for being it's the so second, stupid. It's ridiculous. The second, the second pick in the NBA draft. I'm like, all right, dude. Jesus Christ. Like, it's really <laughs> off putting. I mean, I don't, so, I don't have anything like actually against him, but I, I really don't like that. I, I have not liked kind of what he's said um, since the draft has ended. I, I don't really like the whole vibe there. But it's, it's so weird, different. and it's so funny because anytime they ask Cade, he's like. Yeah, he's a really good player. Like, I don't know what, like, yeah. I don't know what his deal is. He's like, yeah, I've uh, played against him for a while. He seems fine. But like the the Cade stuff, I I do think that there will be. It's going to be interesting because I think there's going to be somewhat of a civil war on Cade this year. I think that from there will be the draft people and analytical side that will talk about how great Cade is, and there will be the real Hooper side who talk about how Jalen Green's better. And there will be yeah. – I'm somewhere in the middle of this because, like, I, I didn't watch a ton of Oklahoma State games. I'm not – like, I watched Caden in Summer League. I'm not blown away. Like, I, there's just nothing about his game. I think he's very good at a lot of things, and I think he will be a very mm-hmm. good player. But there's been nothing in his game that like really stood out. Like, even Evan Mobley, who I actually ended up picking for Rookie of the Year, I've watched some preseason games. I watched a little bit of his summer league, and I see the flashes that that people are talking about, especially defensively. Yeah, Mobley's where I'm like, crazy. Oh, 
oh, wow, I think this guy's going to be awesome. I have yet to see it with Cade, so I can't really say. But I do think it's going to be funny that I think that there will be a civil war between the analytical side and the, the prospect guys versus the real hoopers who are going to say, you know, Cade's not that good. We're going to see. I think he'll be end up being a very good player. I just... I think that this happens every time that a prospect gets super hyped up where people just want to have like it's your natural reaction just to have backlash. And like mm-hmm. people, people even did it with Zion Williamson, who like if you took away the injuries, there's no doubt in my mind that he's the best player from that class and he's yeah. fucking destroying. But the injuries might be what holds him back. And that's unfortunate. But the whole Cade thing, it, it will be interesting. He I don't think that Detroit is going to be – I think that they're going to be bad just because the East is really good, but I could see them being an annoying competitive team like they were last year because I just think they have a lot of like solid to good players. Like they got Kelly Olenek. He's solid. Like Jeremy Grant's solid. Like Sadiq Bey. I I picked Evan Mobley because I think that I – I think I could see the Cavs being good enough and like the – I don't know if he'll put up the – the stats, but I think that the flashes and then people do take impact numbers into consideration for sure, especially people that are voting on these awards. They're going to take those into consideration. And I just think he might have the best shot to have maybe just because of the defense could have such crazy impact numbers. And like, maybe if the Cavs are just like a fun young team and they're a little bit better, they win like 32 to 35 games or whatever it is. He could be in that conversation, but we'll see. I I think he might end up being the best player from this class though. I like him a lot. I think it's very possible. He's insane. He's so awesome. But um, Davion Mitchell was who I had for the dark horse. Mm -hmm. He's another older guy who's going to be highlights defensively more so. I don't know if he has the offensive pop to really get on the radar for that. And then my long shot pick, and this is who I really hope wins, is Bones Highland. Um, Bones build. (laughs) I'm I'm so Bones build. I've been a big Bones Highland guy throughout the whole draft process. I wanted the Sixers to get him really badly. I was happy we got Jaden Springer, although I don't want to talk about it right now because it's been somewhat of a disaster. He's still extremely young. We're not going to talk about it. And he's a, he's a project guys. I'm not worried at all. Okay. Um, but bones Island is just going to get buckets playing off Jokic on a winning team. Like I want him to win from the, he has the cool factor. Like I think he could end up, I think he's going to way outperform his draft slot. Yeah. Like I think, like he's definitely better than the 25th pick of the draft or ever where he went. So I, I, I think bones, I mean, it's like what a cool name. He's fun he would to be watch. The coolest win. It would be yes. the coolest if he won. Um, I, I just don't know if he'll play quite enough. Like it seems like he will be in their rotation, but like even if he plays 15 minutes a game, like I just I just don't think he will put up the numbers. I think he'll have like a few games that are bananas. Um yeah. but yeah, I I just don't know if he'll quite get better. He would also be a super fun six man of the year pick. Um, yes, but uh, I yeah, I just I don't know if we'll quite get there this year. Um, but I would love I would love if Bones won Rookie of the Year. It would be incredible. Yeah, the Bones are their money. But the, the, the thing is, is that quickly was kind of like this last year where like he yeah. he would have these games and you're like, wow, this guy's awesome. But overall, he wasn't he didn't get enough minutes. He wasn't in the rotation that much. Like the whole year consistently, like I think he averaged like 20 minutes a game or something. And like he had these flashes and and, and they kind of have similar games. I think Bones is going to be the better player. Yep. But I, 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 I do just think that like 
from all, uh, he encompasses everything that I would like to see in like a fun rookie of the year pick. Maybe in a year that we don't have a clear cut pick. Maybe maybe it just comes down to the point that like all the teams are really bad and like those top guys just aren't quite developed enough yet to win the rookie of the year. Because dude, the last three that have won were Lamelo, like. Luca and Ja and like they all came in and just fucking blew the doors off shit. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. I, I don't know. We'll see. They all were in very good situations for themselves though. Um, okay. So let's move on to defensive player of the year. I just the thing about defensive player of the year. Like let's just change the name of it. It's rim protector of the year. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think you can, the, the, the point always comes down to like, Rim protectors generally have the most impact. Or even if you don't say rim protectors, big men of some kind generally have the most impact. I mean, I guess I don't think Draymond Green was necessarily a rim protector. Like, he did a little bit of that, but, like, he's still a big man. um, And, like, his defense was key to the Warriors. Um, He still only won one, I think. I don't even think he won multiple. He might have won two. He might have won two. I'm not sure. Maybe he did. Um yeah, I mean, I, I don't like this. I don't, most of the awards I really are just whatever to me. I care about MVP, and I kind of care about Rookie of the Year. And then Defensive Player of the Year is also just like, I am I'm I wouldn't say I'm a Rudy Gobert defender because I, I don't really like him very much, but um, I think he does get too much criticism for the Jazz's playoff failures. It, it has a lot more to do with, I think, the rest of the roster. Um, and it has more to do with him on offense than him on, him on defense, I think. For sure. Um, if you had to nitpick part of his game. Um, but I'm going to say for this one, I will say Giannis for defensive play of the year. I think he wins it again. Um, God, I, I just don't want to say a Laker because I think Anthony Davis might get it. But <laughs> uh, Well, he I got re- it two years ago, right? I refuse I don't think Davis won it. Uh, Giannis won it two years ago, yeah. Oh, he, he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. AD came in second, correct. Yeah, he yeah. his second MVP year, he also won defensive player of the year. Yeah. I don't know. Draymond, like, the, Draymond only won one, by the way, 2017. That's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I think the Bucks are probably going to be the one seed in the East. They're probably going to have a top 10 defense. Giannis is going to be, you know, amazing defensively, as he always is. And yeah, like I, I think he's just a, a good candidate to win it. Again, if Joel Embiid played 82 games, I think he might win it um if anthony davis plays 82 and the lakers are really good like the hype train might get him there um but yeah i I think it's those three and then like like the warriors again the warriors complex if the warriors are great defensively (laughs) like draymond might credit i mean draymond had a good argument for it last year i mean he is incredible on defense um captain of the defense yeah i'll i'll pick Giannis. i'll pick Giannis, and then for dark horse I just am like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see Giannis winning for sure. Dark Horse, I'll say it's not even that Dark Horse, but it, Defensive Player of the Year is impossible to do Dark Horse because it's like there's like eight guys who have even a remote chance of winning. Yes. I'll say Clint Capella. Um, okay. If the Hawks are like, if the Hawks somehow get the two seed because, um, you know, like the Nets have injuries or, you know, and the Simmons thing never gets resolved and whatever. And the Hawks are like the two seed and they win 55 games. Like Trey might be in the MVP conversation. I think Capella will probably be in defensive player of the year. So he'll be my dark horse. And like, yeah. I think he would have placed like fourth or fifth last year. He's, he's somewhere around there. I mean, I, I don't think he's as good as those other guys, but um, if they're, if they have a surprising year, like they're going to get awards nominees. So. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree on that. I, I think just like I just think Gobert will win. I think the Jazz are going to be I think I, I'm just like so I'm so tired of this fucking award. Like here's the thing like I, I agree with you on everything you've said with 
Gobert in the playoffs and stuff. And like maybe it gets to the point where like they're not going to give him any more awards. People, I think that happens. I think yeah, that last it, year was the turning point. Yeah, it's possible. Like it, it could be he could not be a darling for awards anymore. It's definitely a possibility. And people brought this up in my group DM earlier. And I'm like, maybe. But like I everyone you said makes sense. I think the one name that we didn't mention in there would be uh, Bam Adebayo. Mm, uh, yeah. I just think that like the Heat could have a really good defense. Ugh. And I, I know I, I don't even want to fucking talk about the Heat. They make me so sick. I fucking Disgusting. hate them. Yeah. But um the <laughs> I, I will never hide my disdain for the Miami Heat. Yep. Um, but my long shot choice was actually this is in the this was mostly in the event that Ben Simmons gets traded. And it's not Ben Simmons. It's actually Matisse Thibel. Yeah. I just think that like if he could ever get to the point where he can have 34 to 35% from three on decent volume, like if he could ever up his three-point percentage by four to five points. And that is good enough to keep him on the floor that he will get the stock numbers. He's going to get blocks. He's going to get steals. Like he could fucking break records if he's playing 30 minutes a game. Like he is that fucking good defensively. And if you take Ben out of the equation, he's going to be the primary guy on the perimeter. Like it is a possibility. And it seems like a move that if the Sixers were to find some sort of trade and Matisse Thibel wasn't sent off in it, that he feels like the kind of guy that Doc would trust. Doc loves defenders. Doc loves guys that will just, like, shore up the perimeter. And I think that that, that once again, is a huge long shot. I don't even know if Matisse will ever get to the point where he's good enough offensively that he can just play Mm -hmm. that many minutes, Mm -hmm. especially on a team like the Sixers that needs offensive players around Joel Embiid. Like, he might be able to get away with it if he was on the Nets or if he was on the Warriors or if he was on these teams with these guys that have insane on-ball and off-ball gravity that I could see a situation where you can kind of cover up the offense. But the hardest thing with him is going to be, can he ever be good enough offensively to get to that level defensively? Maybe the Olympics helped him. Maybe that experience helped him. And like, ultimately, I think one of the major things that the Sixers would miss in the event of Ben Simmons being traded is those easy buckets in transition. And that playing Thibel more would at least create more opportunities in that sense by just creating turnovers and getting out on the break and stuff. So that's my choice for that. Uh, six man of the year. I don't really care about this one. Uh, don't at all. Uh, yeah, I, it's totally throwing darts. Who knows who's going to be, no one knew Jordan Clarkson was going to win last year or even the final two were Joe angles and, and yeah. Jordan Clarkson. They were on the same team, which doesn't make any fucking sense because it's the six man of the year. And they're, how does that work? The I don't Williams get that. Montrose hero conundrum. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, I once again speaking of the Miami Heat, I hate them. But if Tyler Hero, Tyler Hero. yes, the I Hero it, sounds. It, it it pains me to say it, but the media is already on top of it. He played very well in the preseason. Yeah. I've I've never been fully out on him as like being a good player. I I've I'm out on him being like a fucking star. But I think that like just from like coming off the bench, being a six man, getting buckets, being kind of in that Jordan Clarkson type role that I could see him because of the media coverage they're going to get because of the heat culture, insufferable bullshit that they'll shove down our throats <laughs> all fucking season. No matter, and now, now we have that with Kyle Lowry on top of it. Like Kyle Lowry's an amazing player. Don't get me wrong. Love Kyle Lowry, Philadelphia native. Awesome. 
I don't need to hear about Kyle Lowry every five minutes. And I definitely don't need to hear about the Miami Heat and how hard Jimmy Butler works every five minutes. So I'm going to, by the end of the season, I will be totally jokerfied when Bam wins Defensive Player of the Year. And no, they're not going to be good enough to win all these awards. Yeah, I, but I will say my one call. I, I think Hero is I, Hero's the guy I was thinking of. I think he could also maybe win Most Improved, too. Um, True. He's a, he's a candidate for that. I uh, God, I, his I'm, counting uh, stats were pretty good though. He yeah. averaged like fifteen last year. Yeah, like. yeah. I mean, it would be it would be pretty tough. Um, I you know I'm with you on the Heat. I I hate them. Um, <laughs> yeah, six man is is completely random. Um, the guy. Wow, I'm picking the Hawks a lot. I think Kevin Herter could win it. Um, yeah. uh, he's really good. They just signed him to a big extension. Clearly, in their long term plans. I mean, I guess they could always trade him, but um. Like if if Bogdanovich or uh, like one of their other stars like Hunter goes down, maybe he he starts too many minutes, starts too many games. That's uh, the it, problem with six man. Yeah, it's, it's like, so stupid. Yeah, it's like if you're then, good enough, you'll probably just start. <laughs> right, exactly. And then like injuries and it's like how many games like does starting 20 games disqualify you Does starting 30 games disqualify you for being a true six man. I there is like an actual limit. I don't even know what it is, but yeah, it's I, if I had to guess a random person, I'll just say Kevin Herter. Um, yeah, coolest, I like Kevin Herter a lot. Yeah, he's he's really fun. Uh, great nickname, the whole the whole thing. The guy who I would love if he won again, there is zero chance on earth is Lou Williams winning again. <laughs> just, I actually have another former Clipper that plays for the Atlanta Hawks on here. Um, Gallo, yeah, Gallo, Gallo is a possibility. Yeah, if he's coming off the bench, he might not play enough games. Yeah, that's the thing; he's always injured. Um, yep. And I think they're going to try to conserve his minutes for the playoffs. I think he might get sure. managed a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, I would I would love it if I, Lou might not even be in the rotation with DeLon Wright and Cam Reddish and Herter and all them. Like, I don't know if we'll even be in the rotation, which is pretty crazy. Uh, wow. It would be crazy if he won. And honestly, Montrose Harrell could win it again. He'll put up massive numbers on a Wizards team. Yeah. And if the Wizards have Dinwiddie and yeah. Yeah. If if the Wizards are decent, like I think he'll 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 be putting up huge numbers. I think he could be in the running again. But yeah, I mean, who who knows? Who really cares? It's yeah. I just I'm throwing darts here. The three names I had down were Tyler Hero, Danilo Gallinari as my long shot, and then uh, also Kobe White as a long shot. I just think hmm. that the Bulls Renaissance. I think he is not a great NBA player. Like no. I don't think he's particularly good. But I think if there is an ideal role for Kobe White in the NBA, it's going to be six man yeah. getting buckets off the bench, simplified role. He doesn't have to focus on playmaking as much. He doesn't have to run the offense. Uh, shout out to Doc Rivers. Please don't uh, ruin Tyrese Maxey. Okay. Rivers. <laughs> drive me absolute insane with this maxi stuff but maxi as he said the other day needs to just be maxi let's move on to coach of the year uh i don't care about this one nearly as much it's harder to predict maybe quinn snyder just gets one because he hasn't got one yet somehow yeah yeah Yeah, i I don't know how he hasn't i picked nate mcmillan i think the hawks are going to be really good i have them as the three seed in the east uh i think I think they're super deep. I think that he did a great job with them last yep. year. Uh, he ruined my life. Um, he <laughs> <laughs> Top reason for why he'll win coach of the year. He's- Have to just give him respect points for totally crushing my soul and making me want to die. Got to sh- give a shout out to Nate McMillan. Um, and then for my long shot, I literally just had for LOL. Like literally there's no way in hell, but if he does win, it's going to be really funny. Cause I don't think Jason this team's going to be. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if the Mavs are good this year, he'll get a ton of credit. 
and which is probably, bullshit. It yeah. will be because of Luca. Yeah, it will be because of Luca. Um, he's horrible. <laughs> yeah, he's terrible. I, I think there is a chance he's learned something. Like a lot of coaches do get better over time. And they like Nate McMillan's a great example. Yeah, and I'm I think he's only actually been a head coach for like three years. Like he was the head coach yeah. of the Nets for one year or two year, and then the Bucks for one year or two year. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so like he could could theoretically get better, but yeah, he's he's a trash person. He's a trash coach. I I hope yeah. he gets fired. Fuck, fuck um, him. But yeah, he is. He might actually be my dark horse uh, as well. Pathetically, just um, from a LOL standpoint, it would be it would be amazing. Yeah, um, I I don't. I have yeah. It's so hard to predict. I think it might be a new coach this year, which I know is is pretty broad. Um, but like, I think two good candidates would be. Uh, Chauncey Billups for the Blazers. Ugh. He also has great media backing and and stuff like that. And then I think Ime Udoka for the Celtics. Um, yeah, the I Celtics, can see that. If the Celtics are really good, I think he will get a lot of credit. And I like I like Udoka a lot. Like I who who knows with coach? Nobody knows with coaches. Coaches don't know who's going to be a good coach. Um, but like all the, everything that people have heard is good. And I think he's coming into a good situation where they disappointed massively last year. And so if they're better this year, even if it's just because of health or like a deeper roster or whatever, he will get some of the credit. So if yeah, I have absolutely. to pick, I will, I will say him. But kid winning it, that would jokerify me. I would, <laughs> I would, I would, it would be very bad. I would hate it. Yeah. I mean, I felt like last year the picks were fine. I think Monty Williams won or no. He should have won. Tibbs yeah, I think won. He, Tibbs won. Okay. But they both won. Like there's the official one. And then there's one that's like voted coaches. by coaches yes. and Monty Williams and Tibbs. Like I was fine with both of those picks yeah. actually. Like I think what Tibbs did with that Knicks roster was, was really great. But um, all right, let's move on. I, I don't care about executive of the year. That's not even a real thing to no, me. It isn't. Um, uh, okay. So let's go down what we think. I already did the Eastern conference. So mm-hmm. I picked my Eastern conference standings last week. And now I just want to get my since you're a Western Conference guy, I want to get your takes on how who where you have finishing. Now I have a few different tiers in the yep. West, and I think that my first tier is my one seed, which is the Jazz, my two seed, which is the Suns, my three seed, which is the Lakers. Those are my three in order, and I would have the, <laughs> I would have the same tier. Okay, great choice. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like the, okay, so I feel like of those teams. Regular season-wise, I think the Jazz are going to be awesome. I could see them being better in the playoffs just with better health and with mm-hmm. a, and maybe just Mitchell taking another step and Conley not being like a fucking corpse. And I think that I could see any of these teams coming out of the West, but I don't feel super confident about any of them. The West is just a, a complete mess. Yep. Um, that's really the best argument for any team in the West. Like, I, I'm a skeptic on the Lakers and the Warriors who are both, as we've discussed multiple times, just getting a ridiculous amount of media, like a disgusting amount of media coverage. Um, Like even from good podcasters and good NBA writers, it's like all they talk about. It's just every other podcast. It's the Lakers. Ben Taylor. I know. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, it's insane. Um, I'm kind of skeptical on both, but like at the same time, it's like that one has LeBron James and Anthony Davis. The other has Steph Curry and the West is a complete mess. Like Kawhi Leonard's going to miss a lot of the year. Um, Jamal Murray's going to miss a lot of the year. Klay Thompson's going to miss a lot of the year. Uh, like the Blazers have a new coach. The Mavs have a new coach. Um, you know, a lot of the other teams are pretty young. Like I, 
there are like seven teams that maybe could win the West. But yeah, I think for the regular season, it's those three. I think the Lakers, there is a chance the Lakers are not good in the regular season. Like if LeBron has one 20 game injury again, I, I'm very skeptical on Russ, but, um, I'm, I'm skeptical with that fit in general. Like yeah. I still, I still, you can put all the shooting you want. I'm skeptical of that in the playoffs, especially like I'm, Oh yeah. I, I just will never trust Russell Westbrook to like, he's what? 33. Like he's not changing guys. Like, yeah, he's not changing. He, he's been awful in the playoffs. Like since the year Durant years, left four years. Yeah. I was going to say, it's, it's, yeah, yeah it, it's been a, it's been a long stretch of him just absolutely tanking it in the playoffs. And like, yeah. I mean, respect to Russ like he had a great career he's a great player but like if I'm trying to win a title I literally said it on the day after the draft I still have that I, I literally would have rather traded for Buddy Heald and I don't even think Buddy Heald's good like, I actually like, think I, Buddy Heald is good and I still okay. would have rather traded for him I don't think he's bad. I think he's <laughs> I think he's overrated by people that just see how many threes he shoots and makes but he's underrated by the fact that his defensive numbers are always going to be fucking terrible and they'd be fine on the Lakers. Like I just thought yeah. that that fit made a lot of sense to get an insane yes. shooter like him Makes next to them. Sense. And like, and then they're trying to cobble together all this shooting with a bunch of guys who are like old as hell. Like I just, I can see the lake. I have, I have a feeling that the Lakers are going to fall apart. I just think that LeBron is too good of a floor raiser. And when you have AD and even Westbrook can be an innings eater in the regular season, that they will be a top three seed. Just I hope the Lakers fall apart, but they're the Lakers and therefore they will somehow conjure their way to being good because <laughs> they're just the worst. I know that this is not a unique observation, but Big 2018 Cavs vibes from this team. Uh, yeah. Just throwing all the veterans together and hoping something sticks. And I just, I don't see it. But you might be, LeBron, you should never question him. He's yep. still he's still LeBron. All right, second tier in the West. I have the Warriors in the four seed. I have the Nuggets in the five seed. I have the Blazers in the six seed. So that is it's fairly similar. You're higher on the Warriors than I am. I have the Nuggets in the four seed, Blazers five. And then okay. Mavs six, Warriors seven, um, and then Clippers eight. And I have all of those teams in the same tier. Wait, hold on. You had you had <laughs> Mavs in the seventh seed? So I have a Nuggets four, Blazers five, Mavs six, Warriors seven, Clippers eight. Gotcha. Um, okay, so we basically had the same. I had the Mavs in the seventh seed, the Clippers in the eighth seed. So yeah. Pretty similar. Right, so just you're you're higher on the Warriors a little. We've bit. already talked about the Warriors. I like them. Uh I think the Nuggets, we've talked a little bit about them. I, I like just Jokic. I mean, Jokic. He's so like, good. I. It's it's really weird because like I I'm not a Nuggets fan at all. Um, but whenever the like Zach Lowe or whatever or any of these big name podcasts they do like you know who's the best player in the NBA and it's like Kevin Durant or Giannis. It's like Jokic won MVP literally last year. Yep. One, two. He is a proven playoff guy. It's not like he's just some guy who won. The, you know the MVP and is like falling apart in the playoffs. Like he's been amazing in the playoffs when he's gotten yep. to the playoffs, and like he's in the prime of his career. He, if anything, he could probably still get a little bit better. I think he's like twenty six or twenty seven. Like yeah. I, I just don't get it. Like I, I don't. I think I would take Giannis over him, but yeah. like I, I mean, he's right in there with like Giannis and Steph 
like sure Kevin Durant like I I would have Jokic over KD honestly if you're just talking regular season game in game out I think I'd rather have Jokic but yeah I mean he's unbelievable and then they just have a ton of veterans like they just have so many competent role players um Michael Board Jr is you know the, the vaccine stuff is hilarious but he is very good um Aaron Gordon is hugely overpaid and never really broke out but he's like a perfectly fine starter yep monty morris good back like the whole you just run him down bones is gonna be good he'll inject some fun jamal murray yeah. should come back at some point like i, I yep. think they'll be they'll be really good in the regular season um and then the warriors yeah, I, I just the, i'm just skeptical on clay i tweeted this today like i i love clay so much but like he's missed two full seasons he's crazy. not gonna come back until at least christmas so he's gonna miss the first two months of this year I don't know how people think he's going to come back and just all of a sudden be like really good. Like you said, if he's 50 or 60%, that's still a valuable rotation player. Is that enough to get them to like the four or five seed? Like maybe because the West is a mess. Like I don't, maybe yeah. it is enough. Um, it's possible. I'm just a little bit lower on them. I, even though I, I love pool so much. It's just, so. yeah, I think I, 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 I've been a little bit warriors pilled over the past week <laughs> or two, just because of the pool thing. And like, I think it was Hugo who might have influenced my opinion a little bit. You know, Hugo with his, yeah. his Warriors propaganda. Uh, <laughs> although he is very realistic about them. But he, he basically said, like, when has when has Steph ever had a guy like Poole that he can work off of That's other true. than Durant? Like, Durant That's is true. really the only guy that he's ever had that can actually create stuff off the the bounce and like get his own buckets and shit like that. Like that will create another element to their offense, I think. And I think that when it comes to the Nuggets, like the Jokic thing, the, the biggest advantage that Jokic has over all these other players, he hasn't missed fucking games. Yeah, like he's like tank. Like that's the thing about Jokic that will even if on a per possession basis or a per game basis, I might like other players more. And like if you said give me one player, give me Giannis, or I could even make the argument for Embiid in the right situation. Yeah, yeah. But if we're talking about like from a health perspective, from like a one man offense perspective, there doesn't get much better than Jokic, dude. And like I just think that he's going to be an insane floor raiser for years now. Um, and then the last team in that tier is the Blazers. I think Ugh. the Blazers are going to be a good regular season team. Yeah. I, I, I mean, here's the thing, and I've said this before. Like, yes, they haven't made the trade to get a superstar next to Dame, which by the way is incredibly hard. Like the like people act like the Kawhi thing was oh that's just standard. That happens all the time. No, that was an insane risk the Raptors took in terms of like trading for a guy for one season and then maybe letting him like those kind of trades are not out there. And like I know Neil O'Shea's I don't want to root for Neil O'Shea and Chauncey Billups because of everything that has happened this past year. And obviously I want the Blazers to fail. I want Dame to ask out. I want him to go to the Sixers. I have a lot of invested interest <laughs> in the Blazers being bad. But at the same time, I'm like, they have some of the best role players in the NBA in like Robert Covington and Larry Nance yeah. and, and Yusuf Nurkic. And then on top of that, like you just have like CJ and Dame are like Dame's incredible. CJ's very good. And Norman Powell, not the greatest fit there, but he's still very he's a good player. And then like I'm I just look at their like seven or eight guys and I'm like, I feel like they're gonna be good in the regular season. Yeah. And then I don't see I still think they'd probably lose in the first round of the playoffs. I agree. That's the thing. I, I agree a hundred percent. Like I have them fifth. I think they're gonna win a ton of games. I think they will probably lose in the first round. <laughs> And yeah, like I, they're, they're going to be very good. Like they're very good. I don't, I don't think any team is really that scared by them in the playoffs. I mean, Dame is unbelievable, but 
Um, the rest of their team is just uh, not quite there. Um, yep. And they've also been together for years, which helps in the regular season. But, you know, we know who they are in the playoffs. And I'm, I'm not really a Chauncey fan. Not even for the off-the-court stuff. Just he was the Clippers announcer for a year. And his commentary, I know commentary is very, very different from coaching, but some of the stuff, some of the comments he said, I was like, eh, I don't know about that. Um, so, yeah. I, remember what he did? Remember when he did the draft a few years ago and he uh, had uh, his comps were like, I think terrible. he said Ru- Rui Hachimura was the next Kawhi or something. Awful. Like, Just awful. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't really <laughs> – I. It's, it's like with anything else. Like these guys, just because they're amazing players doesn't mean they're going to be good coaches or general managers or whatever. Um, so I don't, I don't, I'm not really a huge Billups like on the court coach fan either, but like they, they have a lot of talent. They're kind of deep. They've been together for forever. Like the Nurkic CJ Dame trio has been together for like five years now. Yeah. Covington's been there for a year or two. Um, y- you know, they've added in like the Nance signing was good. The Cody Zeller signing was, was solid. Um, provided he stays somewhat healthy, like they'll, they'll be good. Yeah. I, it's funny. Cause one of the things I heard him say was, uh, we don't we, we don't want to you know hunt threes as much. We don't want to shoot as much. I'm like you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. Why wouldn't you want to put it, like what in what world do you look at the Blazers roster and go you know what the problem is? We need to shoot less threes. That's crazy. <laughs> it's so stupid. All right. So in my next tier, I have the Mavs just by themselves. Now I think that the Mavs. I'm going to be honest. Other than Luka Doncic, I don't like this roster. I don't like I they have fine players yeah. and like maybe Porzingis can stay healthy and that's the key to it all. And maybe they'll just make more shots last year because they're not playing Josh Richardson 25 minutes a game <laughs> who, as we know, misses every fucking open shot he's ever had in his career. Maybe maybe Powell will get healthy and all this stuff, but it's just a lot of maybes to me. And like Luca's amazing. And if they're good, it's only because of Luca. I think they have decent depth, which matters a lot in the regular season. I like the Reggie Bullock addition. He's a very nice 3 and D player. Sterling Brown is like a good rotation depth piece. Jalen Brunson's a good six man. Like these guys are all good. Um, I am very skeptical on Porzingis. Kid, as mentioned, is awful. Yeah, coaching but, downgrade from Carlisle yeah, to Kid is Which insane. is why I have them in sixth. If I had if they had Carlisle or a better coach, I'd probably have them a little higher. That is almost entirely just because of Luca, though, just because I think he's that good. Like he is like a, a Jokic level just floor raiser. Um but yeah, like I, I completely understand this the skepticism. And like I don't I don't really get again the like they can win a championship thing. Like if Luca just becomes takes another big step and becomes just the best player in the NBA, like it's very possible. Like it's yeah. totally it can happen. Like if he makes another stride as a shooter um, and maybe as a defender and is just like the unquestioned best player in the NBA, it would not shock me one bit. And maybe they just go to the finals because of that. Um, but I just I don't see it Their Porzingis is like should be like the fourth option on a good team and Hardaway yep. probably the fifth. And those are their second and third guys. Yeah. And then the rest of the roster. Like, that's the thing. It's like if yeah. Luca misses any games, they're screwed. Yeah. They're fucked. They're, yeah. That's a horrible team without Luca. So like, yeah. and obviously, yes, you could say that about a lot of players, but like, I feel, I feel even more confident about the Sixers without Embiid than I do about the Mavs without Luca. I would like, probably I'll say, agree. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah. Even with everything that's going on, so I'm just gonna run through these last few teams that I had. Uh, so those were my top seven seeds, and then I have your Clippers. I have the Grizzlies. So that Clippers are my eight seed. Grizzlies are my nine seed. Pelicans are my 10 seed, just kind of, I guess, by default. I have the Kings in the 11 seed. I have the Wolves in the 12 seed. 
I know there are a lot of people talking about the the Wolves. I'm like, dude, I love Carl Anthony Towns. I like Anthony Edwards a lot. I just don't see them winning a ton of games yet. Like, I yeah. just don't see – like, I don't think they're there yet. And then I have Spurs, Rockets, Thunder to finish out my uh, the bottom of the West. Ours are almost identical, except I do have the Timberwolves in 10th. I have Clippers 8, Grizzlies 9, Timberwolves 10, Pelicans 11, Kings 12, Spurs 13, Thunder 14, Rockets 15. At this point, like, for me, it's usually vibes-based. And the Pelicans just give off horrible, horrible vibes. Yeah. Um, Zion is absolutely unbelievable. Like, I, I think of anything he's underrated. He is unstoppable on offense. Absolutely unstoppable. I don't really get the roster construction. I think they got worse this offseason. I love Jonas Valanciunas. Not really a great fit. The Devontae Graham. I, I like Devontae Graham, too. But, like, their defense is just going to be miserably bad. Yep. Ingram is overrated. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I like Willie Green. Like, he was on the Clippers as a, as a player and as a coach. Um, Sixers legend, come on yeah. now. Yeah, and I, I've everything I've heard about him has been good. The Clippers yeah. loved him. Um, I was on a flight with him out of New Orleans a couple months ago, <laughs> so I've oh, a, that's a small personal connection. Uh, but yeah, like I, I kind of like him. But their their team just gives off horrible vibes, and the Wolves kind of give off good good vibes to me. I think they do. Yeah, I think it's mostly just because Anthony Edwards, who's like one of the five coolest players in the NBA, maybe not players, people. Um, and, like, I love Patrick Beverly. I think he will help them a lot in terms of culture. True. I think that's kind of one of the big things. But, yeah, for me, I, I think, like, Chris Finch is a good coach. I think Towns is primed to have, like, a really, really good return to form year. But, yeah, I mean, these I, – I think my tiers after that, I think the Grizzlies are kind of in their own tier at nine, where I think mm-hmm. they'll probably be pretty solid and will probably be in the play-in. But I don't, I don't really see much more with them. I didn't love their offseason. And then I have – Timberwolves, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs is like teams that will probably be fine-ish. And then the Thunder and Rockets are just going to be absolute garbage. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the only thing that I think could change whatever I have of these bottom feeder teams would be if the Wolves or the Kings somehow swung a trade for Ben Simmons. Yeah. Like, I think think that especially the Wolves, if the Wolves could figure out a way – we're like, Daryl Morey's just like, fuck it, let's go for a pick spake package and get like every fucking pick we can get for the Timberwolves, which seems like not the worst idea in the world based on the Timberwolves' history. Uh, although, it'll give them a pretty decent young core, but like, if you could figure out a way to get those four guys together with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Cat, and Ben Simmons, like, then I think you're, you, you're talking about like moving up, but like, I don't see any sort of trade like that happening. To me, they're all kind of the same. I have the Pelicans, Kings, and Wolves in their own tier. I agree. I have the Grizzlies slightly above in in their own tier. And then I have the Spurs, Rockets, and Thunder in that bottom tier. The Thunder are just going to be fucking miserable and terrible. It's going to be – I feel so bad for Shea. Yeah. Yeah. The Spurs, I think, are, are going to be a little bit better just because they have more veterans. And I think they'll actually kind of be trying to win. But, I mean – Might be pops last year. Yeah. Yeah. I think they'll be – trying which will help a lot um just from those bottom two be out there they're probably gonna be pretty bad as well they're they have no talent they have no stars that's the yes. thing it's like they like you could look at all these teams and say oh at least one of them could have a, a star or a potential star you look at you look at them and you're just like nope. there's really no one here unless there's some insane leap that happens over the next year i guess if we're talking this year Dejounte murray would be the only one that really is and has a shot and i just don't see any star potential in him yeah but um, okay, so before you go, your finals pick. Who do you have coming out of the West? Who do you have coming out of the East? 
who do you think will win the finals this year? Because I have not done that, and I feel like I probably should before the season starts so it doesn't seem like I cheated and watched the first few games. It's good to have it in stone. This will be my first. I haven't talked about it at all either, I don't think. Um, The East, I do have the Bucks, and I think the Bucks win it all again. Okay. Um, The West, I have no goddamn idea. I will, you know what, just because it would be hilarious, I will pick the Suns again. Okay. I think of a repeat Suns Bucks. I think they're they're gonna be really good. They're gonna be a top seed. They have a lot of depth. They have good stars. The Aiden thing is really weird. That kind of throws a wrench into things. Um, but yeah, like I think the Bucks have to be the favorites out of the East. I don't like the, the Nets, even without Kyrie, should be really, really good, but I would give the Bucks the edge. And I don't Giannis is just absolutely ridiculous. I yeah. Yeah, so I actually I'm gonna go with what that since we did the long shot thing, I feel like I'm gonna go with a long shot pick for my pick from okay. the West. My pick from the East is boring. It's I'm just gonna pick the Nets. Like I just yeah. think the Nets are the Nets. Like I just think if they're healthy, they're gonna win it all. Like yes. I have them winning the finals. Yeah. Okay, fine. My pick from the West, I'm gonna pick the Nuggets. Um I know Jamal Murray will be coming back from injury. Mm-hmm. But I and I think that maybe maybe if he just never comes back, it doesn't come to fruition or whatever. But I just love that team so much before Jamal Murray got hurt. And with all of the questions in the West and like no clear favorite coming out, like I would just love to see Jamal Murray come back in like April. And then like the Nuggets just go on a fucking run and they make it to the finals. And I don't think that they would be good enough to beat the Nets. But I, I really like the composition of that team. And I just think that. I'm going to go Nets over Nuggets. Uh, although, I guess if I had to pick a logical pick, it would probably be like, yeah, like the Lakers or the Suns or I something. I mean, the, like I think that. the Nuggets are a perfectly fine choice. Not, Nets, Nuggets would be incredible. Jokic would average yes. like 50 points a game, and the Nuggets <laughs> would give up like 140 points a game to the to the, uh, to the the Nets. It would be I, amazing. It would, yes. I, I would love that. It would be a, a just a, so entertaining. Um, but yeah. But yeah, I thought about it a lot, and I was like, you know what? I don't like any of these teams really. Like, I'm not crazy about a, any of them. Yeah, no, the West is the East is a better better conference this year. At the top, throughout the rest of the conference, it's better. First time in like 22 years or some <laughs> shit. 23. I don't even know. It's been forever. But uh, we're back, baby. The East is back, and and just in time for Joel Embiid's prime. So. Great timing, guys. We love it. Um, All right, Rob. Thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Always love having you on. Um, People can follow you at Rich Homie Flom. I'll put put your your links in the description. And uh, yeah, dude, uh, go Clippers, I guess. I know you're lower on them, but. (laughs) Sounds good. I'm I'm rooting for the Sixers. I I love Joel Embiid. Let's get it. (laughs) Peace, bud.